Hi, I'm Sean. And I'm Beck. And this is our first episode of Keeping Up with the Lawrences, where we're going to be discussing our journey to hopefully start a family. Big old gays together. Great. Yes. <laughs> Big old gays together. Um, so I thought maybe we'd start off with who we are um, and how we met and our lovely love story so far. Great. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it is worth pointing out this is our first attempt at a podcast. We are both currently staring at each other with very wide eyes mm. um, in horror. We actually thought we'd be really good at it because we're really funny in the car. Yeah, I think that's how it started, was a car journey, a long car journey. And we were like, we have good chats. <laughs> we should record this because other people might want to hear it. But now I'm thinking otherwise. <laughs> I mean, this was after about three hours of driving in traffic <laughs> on the way to Crawley. So maybe maybe it was just funnier after those hours. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll send it to our brutally honest friends. Mm-hmm. Introductions. <laughs> yes. Uh, who Who are we? We we are the Keeping Lawrences, thus the very funny name of this podcast. Well done, my love. Thank you. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of that, actually. Yeah. Um, formerly, we were Sean Keeping and Beck Lawrence. Yeah. I just give out our bank details as well <laughs> while I'm here. And then we got married and we decided to double barrel our names because we thought it made us sound posh. When actually it makes filling out forms impossible. So difficult. And uh, even a doctor's appointment, trying to explain your surname really difficult do you know where i had the most trouble recently actually mm. park run oh one because i couldn't breathe because i just finished <laughs> running 5k and this lady was asking me to tell her my last name so she could do a little spot check on who had finished recently and she the, the double barrel wasn't cutting it she did not have yeah. enough room to write down the double barreled name it caused chaos so don't yeah. double barrel your name kids so don't, don't do it um my biggest one biggest annoyance is my email address at work. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, same. Is the login. now the longest <laughs> email address ever. Um, but yeah, I don't want to change it. I like, I, I, like love, it. I love yeah. our name. I love being married to you. <laughs> I just hate typing it. I hate writing it even more. Yeah. Um, so back to us. <laughs> Rather than our round about our poor choice of name, um, we met nine years ago mm-hmm. at work. Um, I made Sean cry on her very first day. I thought we were going to tell a nicer love story than this, but I suppose everyone at our wedding heard it. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, we worked together for a long time and mm. I didn't really like you. Mm. Let's talk about day one. Beck has what you <laughs> might call a resting bitch face. and Which I a, don't think is a bad thing. Not necessarily a bad thing. Probably a bad thing if you're a new person starting their first proper job trying to make friends it's very intimidating fresh out of uni fresh out of uni first ever job out of uni i'd only ever worked in places like mcdonald's before that um it was an office job i was very excited i turned up in a suit oh you did i did i was very keen um and i lived in kent previously and i moved to norwich for this job um which just for the job well i moved to norwich with my ex-partner but you know it was my first job in a city that i'd never been in i didn't know anyone so how long you know, had you lived in Norfolk before you started your job? About three days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fresh out, freshly graduated, moved over here, um, didn't know anyone, really thought it would be more like uni where you just kind of turn up and make friends. Mm. It is not. Not so Norwich isn't, to be fair. I've met plenty of lovely people since moving to Norfolk, but 
just real life isn't really like uni and no. I think that's a real culture shock <laughs> when you graduate um anyway yes yeah, so I moved to moved to Norfolk I actually finished moving in my stuff the day that I had my interview I think and then I went back to my mum's house for a bit mm. but anyway first day turned up um our lovely now friend John greeted me but I was convinced his name was Job due to being unable to hear properly <laughs> so for about six months he was Job to me <laughs> which is not a name <laughs> poor old Job <laughs> I even saw his name written down and it did not clock that I, mean, I thought maybe it was a nickname um and Andy our boss at the time lovely Andy, lovely Andy. um said take a seat anywhere anywhere yeah what he didn't specify was anywhere but that chair right there because the lady who sits there will you know tear your face off with her laser eyes <laughs> okay it wasn't that bad so you walk in yeah um, bearing in mind you'd only been working there for like a week at this point yeah um yeah i walk in saw some very nervous i mean at first glance i thought you were a child you looked so young, so fresh-faced, so naive, not weathered by the world. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much accurate. Yeah, um, yeah sat, sat on my desk. And uh, I don't even think I said hello to you. I think I just looked at you and just sort of went, move. <laughs> I think you said you're in my chair. I think you're a little bit more polite than move, but there was no hello. And I tried to say, oh, hello, sorry. And you just stared at me. I would like to backtrack ever so slightly so <laughs> it was it was an online gambling company that we worked for mm -hmm. i was the first female in that team and i was the second <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so i had already tried to you know kind of like assert myself into the team um because you know being a female in a very heavily male industry anyway um I yeah I I think probably I felt a bit threatened by you and then you opened your mouth and I was like I'm fine <laughs> you really could have salvaged this entire situation by leaving it at, I felt threatened by you because that's all I've wanted to hear for nine years so <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sorry um no so Beck told me to get out of her chair mm. I tried to stand up like a normal human being oh god yeah my feet came out from underneath me I stacked it over the chair and landed on the floor and Beck, instead of saying, are you okay, just sat down in the chair and carried on working. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I went outside to call my mum and cry. Oh, for goodness <laughs> But look at us now. But look at us now. I think you would still laugh at me if I fell over a chair. Oh, absolutely. And I would still step over you. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to clarify, I would help you up if you no, fell over. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I would. Oh my goodness! Of course I would. Yeah. So we used to have to work late shifts. Um, there would be two of us, and I think really that bonded us. Um, well, the main thing that bonded us was that we used to watch films if we worked a late shift together, and you made us watch *Fault in Our Stars* <laughs> with absolutely no backstory whatsoever. I think I just said this is a really good film. I think maybe we'd ordered like a pizza as well or something mm. and we were watching this film and we were both just sat in silence just trying not to look at each other because we were both sobbing and I think I was just like who the fuck is this girl what the fuck has she done what has she brought into my life yeah and we became friends yeah um no to be fair and then 
we did become friends yeah and i think so we we then started dating about a year 18 months kind of after our initial meeting and then within six months we lived together yeah so we started off breaking the stereotype of Mm. women who get together by waiting quite a respectable amount of time and then we moved in together within less than a year so yeah but i mean that was it was weird circumstances though i needed to move out of the house that i previously lived in i live with someone who left fish heads on the counter yeah that's a crazy time um so it was a kind of a case of well we either do it now or we have to wait a year mm, um mm. so we just thought let's move in together and it was a real lesson <laughs> it was a real trial by fire wasn't it it was a real make or break i think you mm. know we it either would have broken us up or yeah. as it did we ended up getting married so yeah well done us yeah and then we lived in that house for until very recently really isn't it yeah and then just after we moved into our new house we got married in september last year and it's coming up to a year Mm -hmm. of being married yeah there have been there have been trials there have been (laughs) things to deal with but there have been beautiful moments since we got married as well yeah absolutely i think a lot of people say marriage doesn't change anything um and for us I don't feel like it did change a massive amount other than our stupid double-barreled name. (laughs) Um, But I think I was actually saying to this to one of our very good friends the other day in the car. Um, And I said, it actually makes you more determined because you've got so much more at stake. Like when times are tough, when you're in, I don't want to say just a relationship because I don't think that's fair, but you kind of think, well, it's easy to walk away from this. Whereas I think in a marriage, for me personally, you know, I'm in it. Like, this is it. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'm not changing my passport details again, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> that application was a nightmare. Um, yeah, and I think it really does cement your relationship completely. And it really, you know you share your life with someone but then marriage kind of shifts it and you're like this is this is it like this is the big stuff and it's terrifying isn't it it would be really embarrassing i think if we record this and break up yeah so (laughs) let's just keep this in the wings um yeah I, i don't want to break up no just checking in we get let's record a podcast about having a baby together um no i think like any like any marriage in the first few years there have been you know there have been things that we've had to deal with hmm. um but i think we've dealt with them i think we've dealt with them just like we did before we got married um yeah oh yeah definitely i just feel like there's so much more at stake yeah absolutely but i think we already had a really strong foundation and hmm. But I think one important thing to note, segueing on from that lovely therapeutic couples counselling we just did on our podcast, um, is that we didn't really want kids. No. At first. we I remember having a discussion with you. I think it was probably when we were around some form of screaming child in a restaurant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, I'm happy to not, not do that. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Um, yeah, so for me personally with... Um health issues 
and um, due to certain medications that I was on, um, one particular medication, I actually had to sign a waiver to say under no circumstances would I get pregnant. And if I did, I would have to abort the baby, um, which is kind of terrifying. And I just kind of come to terms with the fact that I never would have a baby um, because it just wasn't something I ever wanted at all. And then um, we were blessed with having two very good friends have babies um, a week apart, actually, last November. And seeing their journey and then obviously meeting the babies, for me, definitely was a massive shift in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we love those babies. One has the biggest eyes I've ever seen. (laughs) She's adorable. And the other craves violence at all times. But yeah, those babies mean the world to both of us. You know, we've both, I I had only ever held one baby before Mm before these two um and had been terrified as you can attest to i made you put pillows around me in case this baby did a backflip off the sofa or something (laughs) i think she was only about a couple of months old at the time um whereas now you know i go in and we see our friends babies and we scoop them up and give them big cuddles and you know they mean the world to us and they yeah they really did shift our mentalities i think because Mm. it was you know obviously the babies that we've met before we loved you know Nothing, nothing against them cool babies <laughs> but these were you know I feel really entwined in their lives and I feel like I mean it's it's an honor to be so part of their lives absolutely um and it's and it's like it's a complete privilege as well to be an auntie but you know not blood related or by family like it's yeah it's very very special and I think that definitely changed things for us seeing that and just being so involved and and just part of it, I guess. So I guess what's next for us, baby wise? Um Well, I mean, firstly, we have to help our new baby friends and our upcoming baby friends. Yeah, we've got a new baby coming into the group. Um in Baby Hercules. Baby Hercules in October. Yeah, very exciting. Um a boy baby. not a halloween baby though even though he will be a halloween baby we are not associating with halloween in any way Um, says the game bird says the game bird um i cannot wait to meet him i'm very excited though i don't i don't think i've ever met a boy bee um no i have you have they're, they're pretty cool yeah i've i don't think i have when they were Obviously, I've got a little half-brother, but I only met him when he was not a baby anymore. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I assume they are quite similar to girl babies. Much the same, just... (laughs) With an addition, which hopefully I will not, you know, have to deal with in any way, because (laughs) I don't know what to do when they pee upwards. That's all I've heard about. Having these new babies in our lives has enabled... I mean, I've babysat for the first time. It was terrifying. She got hiccups and I thought she was exploding. Um, And I changed a nappy. Yeah, you did. And she was so patient with me. Oh, God, yeah. I really could not figure out the tabs. I couldn't figure out anything. She literally just laid there and looked at you with just, what the fuck, all over her face. Just being like, what are you doing? But she didn't cry. She didn't wriggle. She just 
you know, observed, yeah. <laughs> which I think was the best experience of changing a nappy I possibly could have had because it was only a wee as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no poo involved. There was no crying. There was no screaming. There was no wriggling. There was just one happy little baby who'd done a wee. Um, yeah. So I would like to point out that when we have a baby, you will have to deal with all of those things. Yeah. Mentally um, preparing for that. I think, you know, once if and when we are lucky enough to get pregnant, I then have nine months to prepare myself <laughs> yeah. for that. So that's okay. And also, I think it's worth pointing out that I got far too invested in our friends' pregnancies and I did read several books on pregnancy. Terrifyingly involved, actually, to the point of where I thought they were going to ask me to have a word with you. <laughs> I knew all the steps. I, don't, I knew what happened in each trimester. Like It was... It was intense, but that was because I had never really been around someone through their pregnancy journey before. And I was terrified that our very clumsy tool friend would end up breaking herself and I would need to know something about her pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she helped us move house. Yeah. So she decided to tell us like two days before we were due to move house and she was helping us very, very kindly helping us. And um... it was very early stages at this point. Yeah. So she didn't want anyone else knowing, understandably, but it then meant that we were just on high alert anytime she picked anything up and she had to keep saying to us, I'm not ill, <laughs> I'm pregnant. Yes. So it's a stressful time. Fun fact about both of us. Well, more me than you. Mm. Um, I'm terrible at keeping, well, I'm terrible at lying. Not terrible at keeping secrets, just terrible at lying. So when our other friend who was helping us move asked what the hell was wrong with me staring in horror at our pregnant friend? I was not very good at covering up or hiding what was happening. Even when she then had the baby and they hadn't announced it yet, and it, you know, it was absolutely not our place to announce it, um, said friend was then quizzing us, and Sean basically flipped their coffee table and left the room <laughs> because she couldn't handle the stress of not being able to lie. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a wonderful quality, but also it's it's wonderful for you know in that I don't lie. Yeah. But it's terrible for surprises or mm. you particularly hate being surprised. Yeah. You love being surprised, but you hate surprises. It's a really yeah. tricky line to toe. So I feel like I'm lying to you if I arrange a birthday surprise, and then you'll say, "What are you arranging for my birthday?" And that's the not what is anything happening for my birthday and then I can be like no because mm. that's a surprise but when you say what are you arranging if I then say nothing that's a lie okay <laughs> it's not that I don't like surprises it's I don't like last minute surprises like if it was a surprise party that would really stress me out but if you told me two days before oh I'm throwing you a party I'd be okay with that okay noted so if any of you ever attend a surprise party for Beck or a surprise <laughs> baby shower, as it may happen, I she will, will know. know about it. She will act surprised, <laughs> but she will definitely know every single detail, who's invited and what the theme is. And she probably will have arranged these things herself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what's next? Uh, next is we start our journey. Um, Beck will be carrying the baby if if we are lucky enough. I don't really know how to address it. I'm just, you know, assuming that we are lucky enough. Yeah. I think going forward, this is all under the assumption that everything goes smoothly and that we are fortunate enough to get pregnant. Yeah. And because we, we're not doing it privately, because unfortunately 
Mm-hmm. We're not in the position to do that. So we are doing it via the NHS. And I love the NHS, big advocate for it. Big ups to the NHS. Love it. We did look into private, but we would have had to uh, sell the baby to pay for <laughs> it. So we would have had to sell our firstborn. There was a, there was one company that I actually got some information from, and it was basically you pay monthly for your baby until they're eight. Fantastic. Which is insane, because by the time they're eight, I would be like, you need to start earning your keep. Because yeah. not only I'd am send I them having, down the mines. Not, okay. not only <laughs> am I having to clothe and feed you, I've also got to pay for the privilege of birthing you. Your fertility is so un- so unknown. Yeah. And you know, you can get loads of home kits now. Um I know we looked into it and I think the cheapest one I found was still like two hundred pounds, mm. which is completely unachievable for some people. Absolutely. And even if you then, you know, you you scrimp and save for this home kit. And then uh, I know someone actually who recently did buy one of these home kits um, and she did the test and she sent it back and it it wasn't great news. It wasn't, you know, um, it basically said the chances of her getting pregnant were quite low. And that was it. That was all it told her. It didn't give yeah. her any tips. It didn't give her where to go next. You know, it kind of just left her in a position where she then had to research it. Yeah. And to then, I think, like, if you were to go to the doctors with that and say, oh, I've done this home kit, can I have tests done? I think they'd probably laugh you out the door. I think, yeah, they would probably just give you pretty generic advice. They would probably say, you know, well, stuff you could probably Google, you know, any just general health advice, you know, drink lots of water, get plenty of exercise, live a healthy life, and that will obviously increase your chances of getting pregnant. But... Mm there's no guarantee um which follows on quite nicely um so the tests i've had done so far have been borderline issues um and it's been confirmed that i have pcos and this was something that i'd always suspected because i was tested for it um but it was kind of a little bit inconclusive those results but now it's been confirmed and pcos is poly polycystic ovary syndrome for the for the male listeners <laughs> or the female ones like me who actually don't know what it stands for um so that runs a risk of struggling to conceive but there are ways around that now which is fantastic um but it does mean that i have to have further tests and because we are doing it via the nhs um i got a letter through the other day to say that there's at least an 18 week wait for one of the appointments um just because of the pandemic completely you know kind of threw them out and they're still playing catch up um but we have got a appointment with a fertility nurse um which is actually at a private clinic but it's done through the referral by the nhs um and that's in a couple of weeks so that's kind of exciting i really have no idea what to expect though no me neither i mean i think just going back a little bit to our very first appointment so we contacted our gp and I think this will be useful for anyone else who might be considering it as well, because I had no idea where to start. So we contacted our doctors and we said, you know, we're a recently married um, female couple who... But that we had to really explain. Yeah, they didn't They didn't assume, but that's, you know, yeah. by the by. Who would like to consider starting a family. Um, we've looked into our options. And I think even when we eventually got the 
um, appointment, we had probably done more research and looked into it more than most people who stepped into that, into the medical practice. But we, we said we would like to talk to someone. And so we got an appointment with a, was she a specialist? I, I think she was. Um, so she's kind of like a woman's health nurse, mm-hmm. which I don't think every practice has. Um, so I think we were quite fortunate in that sense. Absolutely. Um, though I will say, I found the appointment itself. I was terrified for the appointment because, again, this is something that we kind of discussed in theory, um, and then suddenly it was. It felt like it was all going all at once. Um, and we went in, and it was like a classic, you know, doctor's office, but with one chair. <laughs> and you just like stood behind me, Beck like you're my body. <laughs> Beck sat down, and I looked around, and there was obviously the bed with the with the paper towel on it and I was like well I can't sit there and it was you know about a mile away and so I stood behind you like I was posing for a Victorian painting you know with my hand mm. on your shoulder not not really sure where to go with that so I would say you know if you if you're a doctor listening and you are having a fertility appointment <laughs> please, please have two chairs <laughs> please bring two chairs in because it's very uncomfortable to stand there awkwardly whilst yeah looming over everyone and as well at that appointment um they obviously asked uh, like if your smear is up to date, which is super important, so please get them booked in. Get your smears done. Um, and also, my if I'd been, if I'd had, if I'd had a recent STI check, and when I said that I've been in a relationship for the last eight years and there was no one else, she still said, "We'll need to do one anyway," as if she didn't trust me, and I felt that to be a bit insulting. I feel like they do have to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's fine because I then had to go and have, uh, you know, they had to do like the swabs anyway. So they, you know, they did the test there, but it was kind of like the insinuation yeah. that I might have been lying. It just felt really off to me. I mean, even you said when you got the results through, like there was a bit of relief. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it was like, oh, cool, I don't have chlamydia. I mean, we I might have both had it for eight years and just <laughs> well, not known about it. Yeah, but we had some tests, so this came up then. Okay, well, that puts my mind at ease. Did you ever have a test done when you first turned, you know, 16 and it becomes legal to have sex and colleges and schools and stuff start sort of um, pushing you to learn about it, take free condoms and stuff like uh, that? Oh, yeah. Well, we had a really good sexual health clinic down the road from our college. Um, and they would literally just like hand out condoms willy nilly. Oh, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I do remember getting tested, but I don't ever remember it being like a big thing. I remember there being an advert on the TV at the time, and it was about all different types of STIs, and they had pants in the advert yes. with the with the STI written on it and I always wanted some pants with chlamydia written on them because oh I just God, thought it was why? really funny and I think Imagine... my mum actually looked and tried to get me some because she agreed that it was really funny. Imagine me and my if you'd had... got some and like you'd had an accident or something oh and you my had gosh. to be taken to hospital and, like, <laughs> and they unveiled these chlamydia clothes, pants. They'd literally be like is this is this a joke or is she just making it really obvious that she has in fact got the clap? <laughs> Ah, well, yeah, you went straight to the worst case scenario. (laughs) What if you were in a horrible accident and someone saw your chlamydia pants? How often, like, in a situation that, you know, you might be able to say that. (laughs) Um, It's just like, 
for my birthday, my dear friend got me some Pop World pants. Yeah. I've not worn them. They're very um, small. They're, they're tiny. I don't think they're going to fit over my bum, but it was a lovely gesture. But what if I was in an accident listening to my Pitch Perfect soundtrack and they pulled mm. me out of a wreck in my Pop World pants? That's... They'd probably think that you shouldn't be driving or be unsupervised. I mean, to be fair, if they had to make a judgment on who I was, you know, if the worst happened and they couldn't talk to me, um, I think I'd quite like the persona of someone listening to acapella mm. in Pop World pants. Where were we? What was I talking about? So, yeah, we've got an appointment coming up. Um, we've not got chlamydia. We've, Well, I don't. You might. I feel like we may have. you may have caught it from me if I had it at this stage good point good point and also the smear test and also yeah <laughs> um so yeah no stis for us we've got a fertility nurse appointment in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. when we get back from our little mini moon part two because <laughs> we're just going to keep going away and calling them mini moons until we go away and have an all-inclusive basically that's what it's going to justify it being a full honeymoon <laughs> i haven't got anything else to add we could just do this all night, but I feel like it's going to get really boring really So quickly. our takeaway arrived halfway through and I can smell it. And our cat is at the door up looking really hench for some reason. Yeah, he does look really busted like that. <laughs> um, oh, we didn't mention Bramley. Oh my God. We didn't mention Bramley. The most important man in our life. The only man in our life. Well, that can be a nice closing point. Um, so Bramley is our black cat who I have had since he was a tiny, tiny kitten, and he is now 15 years old. And um, he will always be my number one baby. Yeah, he's my, he's my, he's my baby boy. Yeah, my good tan cheese. <laughs> Hated that. <laughs> he is very vocal. Mm. He likes to eat hedgehog food and get put on the local Facebook community page. Probably one of the most embarrassing encounters I've had for a long time. Um, the bin men know him because he runs after them and tries to scavenge out of out of bins. Um, he's a bit of a chaos goblin and everyone who meets him falls in love with him because he's such a floozy. Yeah, he loves people. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how he would react to a baby if it happens within the next few years. I think he'd be outraged. I think he would be outraged, but I also think he would I think love be, their warmth. And really cute I think he would want to cuddle. He is our baby. We love him. Um, and if we are not fortunate to have a baby, I'm just going to get more cats. Just to yeah, let you know. Little, little baby kittens for him to be a big brother to. He's currently hunting something. He's about to... He just ran into he's, a plant pot. He just ran into my petunias. <laughs> Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it all up for now. Yeah. Because, because the cat's now eating something and I really want to eat our takeaway. Okay, yeah. He's yeah. grabbed something. Right, I'm going to end this now. Thank you for listening. It's oh, a God, it's a mouse. mouse. Oh, God. End the podcast. End the podcast. Bradley, let it go. Let it go.